On this special episode of the UK Farm Podcast, I welcome Jade and Jenny. Uh, Jade and Jenny are two of our super talented employees here, and I think it's important to know, yes, we put stuff out on social media about me and Sarah and David and John, who obviously are the, we're the senior leadership team here at Cochrane Co. There is people here that make it happen. So I think it's critical that we bring these people in to the limelight and show the appreciation of these guys and the, the hard work they do for us, our clients, uh, and everything in between. So sit back, enjoy the show. Hope this gives you an insight of who else is here at Cochrane Court. And what we're going to keep doing uh, every so often is drop a podcast like this just to introduce you to the team so you know who we are, what we do, and why we do it. This podcast is sponsored by Roomvo. Roomvo is the number one room visualization tool for manufacturers, retailers, and everyone in between. If you are going to the Harrogate Flooring Show this year, we, Cockrell & Co., are right next door to Roomvo. So make sure you visit them at Stand A31 in Hall A. I look forward to seeing you there. Now sit back, enjoy the show, and do not forget to hit the subscribe button. Welcome to the UK Flying Podcast. On this week, we've got two special guests that have never been on the podcast before. And they're both shitting themselves. Well, maybe one of them is, but we'll see. So what we've decided to do, uh, our marketing department is made up of two talented young ladies, Jade and Jenny. Made some questions up first of, to introduce them to you guys. And they don't know what I'm going to ask them, and that's why they're scared. <laughs> so, first of all, Jade, without saying your job title or anything like that, who is Jade Douglas? Put work to one side in a couple of sentences. Right, Jade is a animated gamer, loves music, going to gigs, live music, very sociable, and can be very loud. <laughs> so keep your earphones on. Jenny... Uh, who is Jenny outside of work and uh, as general? Despite what you might see me as in the office, I am a bubble of adventure. Okay, like a bubble that. of adventure, yeah. I love being spontaneous. However, this podcast being this spontaneous, <laughs> not so. But yeah, I just like putting myself on the spot and doing completely random things, really. I just love a bit of adventure in my life. So great success. Um, this afternoon with a podcast that you were told about uh, uh, this morning. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, oh, it, love it. And for the uninitiated, Jade, what do you do at Cockrell & Co. Truth Digital? What's your job role here? Um, so I'm a digital marketing manager. I look after websites, SEO, Google Ads. I uh, also talk to the clients, also what they need, keep updated, checking in, uh, social media if they need that also. Uh, yeah. Jen? Content creator. I do all things content and social media. Um, photography, videos, um, social media management, um, creating all the posts that you see go out on the podcast even as well. Yeah, so anyone that watches the social media on the podcast, that is actually Jenny. Right, let's get into these bit more personal questions before we come into the real reason for the podcast. Jade, what is your pet hate Pet hate. Mm. What can't you stand? Rudeness. 
people, I guess I lived in the South for a while. So people not holding the door, but not saying thank you, just being a bit polite, I guess, is my pet pet hate. I love that. It's, uh, I think, I can't remember why I did it the other day, but someone, I'm sure someone, I held the door open for someone or something of that nature. And I was so close, just going, you're welcome. Yeah, and that's generally my answer. If they don't say anything, I'll go, yeah, okay, thank you. It's free to say please and thank you. Exactly. It doesn't cost anything. It doesn't cost anything to be nice. Exactly. I love these questions. I'm going to use these uh, in future. Uh, <laughs> Jenny, what is your pet hate in life in general? Life in general? Yeah. How long have we got, Tom? <laughs> How long have we got? I think I would probably say exactly the same thing focusing it on retail and customer service because I worked in bars for years and years and years and I probably had more people just not saying anything rather than people saying... Use a pint. Yeah, exactly. Um, So focusing it on that area of the industry, um, that's where it annoyed me the most. Client experience. Yes, client experience. Or lack lack of... Lack of, yeah. Lack of, yeah. Brilliant. Right, next question. Uh, we're going to go back to Jenny. Talk to me about coloured hair dye. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> because for the listeners at home, I'm looking at red hair and I'm looking at blue hair. Um, Jenny's on the red hair, Jade's on the blue, so we're going to come back to Jade in a second. So talk to me about coloured hair dye. Coloured hair. Um, I have had about 10 years of my life absolutely frying my hair with bleach. I don't know about you. Yeah. Um, it's fun. It's fun. It keeps it... I just think it's interesting. I did go back to brown hair last year to try and be normal. Um, normal's not you. Normal's not me. So it's back pinky red again. Um, I just can't help but dye it all the time. It's, it's, it's an addiction. You it's, it's actually an addiction. Because when I get bored with the colour, I have to bleach it again and dye it another colour. Okay. So we know what's in the Christmas. Fun. So Christmas this, this year, coloured hair dye would go down. Oh, yeah, brilliant. We'll go with the real wall. Yeah. <laughs> so Jade, talk talk to me about blue hair. Um, I've had my blue hair for about ten years wow. now. So I used to have a lot of different colours. I was black, I was pink, I was purple, I was red. Yeah, done all them. But blue just stuck for some reason. Um, I've got a friend down south who has two jades, and I'm blue jade because of you know. But also, I just. I guess it's the alternative scene as well, sort of everybody has that coloured hair and it's to be different. Um, yours doesn't change throughout the seasons. So generally, no. I mean, your, yours is blue? Generally just the blue. And it'll fade out, obviously, so it'll be light some days, it'll be dark some days, but freshly dyed is obviously the best. <laughs> I tried blue. Blue didn't work for me. It's hard to stick. It is. It's yeah. good for the pre- the Christmas present. This time. <laughs> and then just select one off there. Right, we're going to move again. Um, I want to know all this information. Again, the girls do not know what I'm going to ask. So, uh, Jade, talk to me about tattoos because I don't know anything about them. Um, I've had a, a thoughts of getting full sleeve myself and I've never poked up the college to do anything so i have no tattoos so i'm not speaking from experience but what do tattoos mean to you and what's your favorite um again i had my first tattoo when i was about 18 said i would never do it again and it's very addictive so 
yeah, minus the pain, you sort of get past it and go, oh, well, that's nice. Oh, no, maybe I get another one. And then um, you s I started half sleeves and then now suddenly I'm at the bottom of my arms. Um, I've nearly got one full leg done also. But all my tattoos are just stuff I generally am interested in. So I said earlier that I'm an animated. One of my legs is full anime tattoos. Um, also Disney, I've got Disney on my other leg. Um, so that's sort of where it kept going. Um, one that's a favourite. A favourite is probably Mazoro on my leg because he is very, it's like sort of portrait, but it's an anime one. Very colourful, big, cost me a lot of money. And exactly. um, yeah, it was about eight hours, eight hours of pain, um, but worth it. Um, but I was going to say, if you get a tattoo, try something little first. <laughs> <laughs> and don't get your ribs done. <laughs> Brilliant. Jenny, what about you? Um, tattoos, what do they mean to you and what's your favourite? Um, my favourite one is on my leg. However, my favourite one with meaning is the first one I ever got, which is on my arm, which is a compass right. with the world behind it. Because as my parents, they wanted me to have a tattoo that has meaning to it and not just get random ones all over me. Um, and I was going to America for six months traveling. Right. So I got the compass to be like, it's got meaning because it's me traveling um, and had the best time out there. And that's why that's my favorite one. Um, and what's the other one that doesn't have any meaning, but um, it takes up my entire thigh and it is a tiger right. lion. No, tiger. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not looking at it. So. Um, and what was the reason for that? It just l looked absolutely stunning and my tattoo artist gave me a discount. It was a flash sheet and she was like, oh, I'm doing an offer on this one. So, And I was like, yep, I'll have that. Ah, fantastic. <laughs> um, and I'm assuming, do they, ribs, I'm assuming, anything near a bone and things like that, they knack or... Mm -hmm. More fleshy bits, don't yeah. it? Is that the, the general? It's sort of different for everybody because I'm more okay with line where I don't like the shade and which is the colour and the depth and the grey, which mm -hmm. I hate. But some people hate the line work more. Yeah. So I guess it depends on your pain tolerance. So the pain is different depending if it's a line or it's a shade. Yes. Yeah, definitely. And depending on where. So I got my knees done. Yeah which is for me probably the absolute worst place I could have got tattooed because it is literally just like a bone. Yeah. Um, and What's you kind of committed to? Can't, exactly. Yeah. Well, I was supposed to get them both coloured in, but the first one hurt that much that I haven't had the other one done. So now I've got one colour <laughs> leg and one black and grey leg and it's staying that way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also, numb and cream is a thing. But I found out that I am allergic to the numb and cream, so I will no longer get my chest tattooed because I am not facing that pain. Blow it. Jade, what's the worst bit of advice anyone's ever given you in business, let's say? Or, or even in life, what's the worst bit of advice you've ever received? Second chance. Second chance? Second chance. Don't, don't give him a second chance. Um, yeah, like, I believe... Some things, I guess, family is a thing you can never, never not give a second chance to someone. But business 
if it's you've tried one, something's gone wrong, and then you've had to constantly work at a second chance, it's not worth it. Love it. I love it. The same question, sorry, to Jen, but what is the best bit of advice you've ever received? Ooh, going back to when I was in America, I was in San Diego and there was actually a homeless man that I was talking to for a good hour and a half. He was very spiritual and everything and completely opened my mind to the world. This is going to sound really weird because it's not an actual piece of advice he told me. But he gave me this little crystal thing. He collects all these crystals from wherever he travels. Yeah. And he gives them to the next special person that he meets. And he said, you never know who you're meeting or who you're like communicating with. You don't know their story. You don't know what they've been through. You don't know what they're currently going through. And he said, you always make connections based on like your efforts as well. And he gave me this little crystal and I kind of really didn't really think much of it because it was a homeless man that gave me a crystal. Um, but it then made me think, because I then walked away from this conversation and every single person I met in America from then on, I kept thinking about this little bloody crystal I had in my bag. Yeah. <laughs> um, and like this guy then he said to me, it just made me open my eyes a lot more to making connections with people and you don't actually know somebody so you should treat everyone the same yeah because i maybe not judged him before i met him but it then made me realize that it's that spit on my words here like just give everybody a chance before judging them i think it's a a powerful thing to say i think what i've said is never make an assumption about anyone that you don't you don't, you yeah. don't never assume anything about anyone or any situation until maybe not even until you know the facts just never make an assumption like that I mean, full stop you know you don't know what's in someone's bank account you don't know what someone's past is mm-hmm. you don't know what their experiences is you actually don't know what other people are thinking even yeah. if you think you know what they're thinking um, and no unless you're that person you don't know so you can make assumptions but never make assumptions yeah, yeah. yeah love definitely that. love that um, Jade what is your biggest achievement in life? Huge question there. Oh my God, it's a really huge question. <laughs> the th- the main thing that sticks out to me is um, getting my first job straight out of uni. I'd just finished my degree in digital media. I was applying for jobs, obviously thinking, oh, I'll just go into a shop or something like that. But I got offered my first web design job in Redden. So that's why I moved. And that's obviously helped me build my career to this day because I've had a lot of training, a lot of experience, different skills, and that always just sticks out. So it was all the graft and all the drinking you did at university. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the, 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 so you did the work and then were rewarded by doing the work, is that? Yes, yeah. Like a lot, I think a lot of people go to uni to then never do what they studied yeah. in, a, in a job. Yeah. So I was very, I guess, proud of myself to get something straight away out of uni. And carry on doing it. Yes, exactly. So I'm still here, still making websites and socials and still design and being creative. And obviously that's what I love. I think there's so many people that'll do ancient history and then become a plumber or something. Yeah, it's like... Exactly, yeah. I love that. That's brilliant. Jen, what about you? What's your biggest life achievement? Um, I can't think of like the biggest one on the spot. However, one of my biggest achievements is actually getting this job here. Oh, 
Um, so thank you, Tom. Um, <laughs> but mainly just because I worked in retail in bars for seven years in and out and never managed to work my way up um, and was constantly wanting to get out of that industry and do content creating. Um, you actually doing it as a hobby after work? Yes. Yes, I was doing all this as a hobby for 10 years. Um, so it was always something I wanted to go into, but never got the opportunity to. Uh, so as soon as you I... said in your interview, I just get home and make shit. Or something, not shit. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I just get home. I don't watch telly. I just create stuff. Yeah, I was... And it was like, okay, you've got the job. Right. <laughs> I was literally finishing work at 11, 12 o'clock at night. And then I was on my computer editing all night. Um but now I do that all day instead. Yeah, you can relax now. <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> oh, and the last question to find out who the people are behind the um, well, the microphone and the the screens. Jade, what's your favourite film? Oh, that's so hard. Oh, top, um, three. Top, top three is probably the Lord of the Rings trilogy. The three <laughs> of them. The three of them. Just the three of them. Like I never get bored of watching them films. And brilliant actors are just. Yeah, that's what came my brain straight away. Brilliant. Jen, what about you? Avengers Endgame. Straight as that. That's it. Oh. End of story. <laughs> Brilliant. Right, well, we maybe do some bit of business on this podcast, being a business flooring podcast, uh, but now you know the people behind the scenes here at Cochrane Co. And, and Truth Digital. Um, what we wanted to do is get a different view rather than it being the Tom and Sarah show or you know, yes, we've had David on here and John, um, but we wanted to know the you know the important people behind the scenes of what their take is on the flooring industry and how to get the best results from your digital presence. So I'm going to ask a few questions um, to the girls and then um, see where we get to with that. So, Jade, um, what's the point of having a website for your flooring business? Um, obviously a website is such a huge thing. There are so many companies out there online and you want to be one of them for sure. It's getting you, you like your online presence. Um, it's also if you're a shop showing where you are, where you're based, what you're offering. If, um, you wanted to sell your products online, obviously responsively as well. So everyone's on their mobile phones. So you want people to Obviously, flooring in, well, for example, we're in Darlington, so we want that your website to come up first so people can look. Also, trusting us as well, so um, people with that online presence and having a website is a lot more trusted than not. And what What's the difference? Um, because anyone can go online and make a website, so you can go on, like, well, Website Builder or let's even say Wix or, or whatever, I don't know the exact ones. Why would someone give it a go themselves or get the mate Tony down the pub to do it? Or why would they employ a professional like yourself who's been at uni, been at other agencies, etc.? What's the difference, in your opinion, between your mate Dave doing it and Jade doing it? So if you're paying an agency to do it, which example me, um, it's a lot more personal a lot more time given a lot more meetings and catch-ups of finding out about your business and what you exactly want on your website 
where to me, if you're going to then employ your friend, like at the pub, as you've just said, they're going to do that on the side out of their job. So it'll be something maybe they do a couple hours on an evening or even once a week. So it's not going to be the same level. It's not going to be the same professionalism. So employing someone to do it who's their job, that's their job, you're going to get a lot more from it. And have you seen any difference in the responsiveness to either mobile or actually how it's found? Like as in you do some shit on the the computer that I've got no idea what you're doing uh, because that's your expertise. But how... Is a professionally built website better than sort of one that's kind of been cobbled together? Um, because we've seen obviously some websites that don't work and can't be found by Google. But then surprisingly, if, if you build a website or one of the other team does, it gets found relatively easy and it's smoother. So a bit techie side, how, how does that work? Um, the uninitiated. Well, again, it's the sort of front end, back end code of the website as well, where a lot of websites, Builders online are just drag and drop, so you can't add in the extra like sat like stuff you won't see, but where you'll see it when we're building it. That will come up when you are searching. So um, SEO is obviously a huge thing. Um, you can have the basic SEO set up through WordPress, which is basically what is on your website page and um, what you want them to see. So obviously the area location what you're offering and business name and so on. But obviously, again, with sort of Wix and Squarespace, is it, or something like that, it's just very drag and drop and you can't edit it as much and you can't add in the extra SEO. So Google's not finding it. Yes, so where we're putting that extra time to add all that and make sure it makes sense also. So it's kind of like building a where it is your online shop front, but there's like building a shop that no one can find. So you could put all the fancy pictures and like etc. like that. But if you don't put any directions, no one's going to find it. So yes, exactly. It's all that let's say backlinking and correct image information that will get people found, and then you're not paying for paid marketing. Is that is that exactly? Yeah. So obviously, like bits of back end code on your website or even just an image that's saved as your business name and floor one example is more detailed than just drag and drop in image one. Yeah, yeah. So all the all the images we're dropping on have got coding and that's what takes the time. So it, yes. yes, it's dead easy to drop an image in of a beautiful herringbone floor or whatever, but you're looking at the right picture, resizing it, re-imaging it, um, uh, and then putting code behind it so someone can find that image right. That makes, yes, that's making yeah. sense. Um, so you manage our SEO stuff, Jade, and what what are you looking for um, content-wise? Um, you know, what what's the benefit of SEO in its whole and what, what do you look out for from maybe even like you've not been with us a massive amount of time, so the flooring knowledge isn't huge. But you're picking it up very quick. Um, What are you looking for to get people's websites noticed organically without the paid stuff? Um, So SEO is obviously based on a lot of what content you have on your website. So we don't want too much content where you're going to be scrolling for hours throughout it. But we want the right content so people, when they search Floor and Darlington, that is on your website, it will target that bit from your website and then come up through Google. So 
it's just about having the correct information, but not overdoing it. It's also, I guess, the location's a huge thing. Um, what type of floor you're selling, so people could be putting in Heronbone, Darlington. So if that's coming on your website and it's on a few pages of your website, that's going to be better than just having Heronbone because that could be anywhere in the UK. But if you've got both, then you're going to be targeted easily on Google. So you're going to be there at the top and then people are going to go straight to your website. I think it's interesting what I've found with a lot of flooring websites um, from a non-techie side, but more from a client experience is a lot of websites don't actually tell you what they want you to do. So I was on a website yesterday with beautiful, lovely videos and fancy floors and all this type of stuff, but at no point did it tell me what to do, as in call a number, email us. And I think that's what we're always looking out for. Again, you know, so we found in the right place. That's the first job of the SEO or the website. And then and then from there, what do you want us to do? Like, And again, it will come on at Jenny and a minute of like calls to action, but that's one thing on a website for me is on a, from a sales perspective. Why, why, why we're not asking them what, you know, do you want people to phone? Do you want people to come to the shop? Do you want people to book appointment to come and do with your floor sanding or whatever? Tell people what you want to do because if people can't understand how to get in contact with you, they'll click off and go and find someone else that does. So I think that's another valid point that we, we go through quite regularly looking for calls to action. Yes, um, definitely, yeah. So Jenny, um, why, in your honest but humble opinion, when you see people on social media, because you manage some of our clients' social media accounts, mm-hmm. why is it important to you that they separate their professional life to what they're doing on a weekend? So if you've got a customer that clicks on your Instagram page and it's a picture of you in the pub with your mates having a pint, that's not what they want to see. Um, they want to be seeing... Well, they, actually, going back to pet hate, this is one of my pet hates... High quality pictures. If you have pictures of your tools and rubbish laying around, yeah, all over your Instagram, that's not what the customers want to see because it shows that you're messy or you leave things behind. I know that's not that's what it looks like during the job, but you want to take pictures of the finished job and post those ones online. And they need to be good quality pictures as well. If you don't have a camera, phones are, are good enough for good quality pictures. But that's one of the most important things is the content of on your pages and keeping it separate from your personal life. Keep your pints out of the pictures. Keep p- your pints out of the pictures. Have a separate account. Otherwise, um, and what are you looking for when client, because I've seen it several times, you'd probably be a millionaire if you had a pound for every time someone sends you a load of photos with extension leads mm-hmm. in. And um, what are you looking for when you're looking at pictures? What, what are you selecting and what, what has worked? With our clients, um, flooring pictures, what, what? Uh, good lighting. That's one of the main things, I think, because some, it, I know it depends on when you finish the job and when you've taken the photo, but the good natural lighting shows even the detail in the flooring as well, um, which stands out the most to the customers, um, our potential customers that are viewing your page. What about, um, like before and afters, um, what can you think of any posts that have gone a bit viral or just something? I'm always a big one for a day in the life of. So again, they'll put in the screed down, then throw in a LVT at the floor and it suddenly comes up. Um, can you think of any that have gone viral or that you've either really liked or enjoyed working on? I think 
videos and reels itself are so important for social media these days anyway. I think they're definitely getting more attraction from companies that are posting videos of their work. So a day in the life, for example, um, filming the progress. I think as well, potential customers like seeing that rather than just the finished product of the floor. I think showing, you know, you and the fitters, like filming little parts of the day and putting it in a reel together does work very well for potential customers as well. Um, I think that's the, what we get the most traction on is the, a day in the life of or yeah, like definitely. stuff because just since doing a static picture of a floor is great, but doing it every day is pretty pointless. To, you mm-hmm. know, to, to, I think we've looked at you, know, you might get 50 likes on putting a screed down with a bucket going and then you might get three from the best photography image ever. So to the, mixing it up, I think, is, is key yeah. for me. Changing up the content is is one of the big things. Um, and it gets you on the algorithm more as well. And, and one thing that we've asked you to get your head around a bit um, and with your training, um, how are you repurposing stuff? Because people have got this assumption, or in, my, in my opinion, they have, they'll put a picture out of a lovely job. And then that's it. They're like, well, I posted that job. But what's your opinion on re- how, how do you repurpose stuff? I think even with, when you, instead of just taking one picture of the job, take a couple, take a few different angles, even different lighting, one of you with the floor even, uh, or something. It's You don't have to just take one picture and post that and that's done. I think if you take a couple of different ones and then in a couple of weeks' time, that's a different angle of the same job that you can post. Um, but as well with scheduling, if you if you don't have enough time, which I know a lot of people in the flooring industry don't because they're too busy on jobs, if you put a certain amount of time aside to for all your content, you can actually schedule that all out on social media now. So if you don't have the time to be able to constantly be posting every single day or however many times a week, you can do all that in one day for a big chunk of time. So in two months, you've got all your content ready to go out. If you've already got all the photos there, obviously, um, that's something that is really helpful for your social media presence as well. And choose you if you're just using Facebook or mm-hmm. you know, it's uh, depends on we, what platform you. Yeah. We sort of tweaks it as and when, but I don't need to go that far. I agree. Um, and again. People just post stuff out for the sake of posting it. What are you doing analytically uh, with our clients? How are you tracking it? And what 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 does this sort of analytics side of it? It's a bit techy and a bit you know people might want to fall asleep at this point, but I think it is as important as putting a really good reel out. Mm-hmm. I think it's important to measure the performance of the content that you are putting out um, because at the end of the day, you could be posting this, posting that, but you need to be you need to know what's working and what's not. Um, because if it's not gaining the attraction, why is it not gaining the attraction? And the posts that are gaining the attraction, you do, need to know which ones they are. And do more of that. And do more of that. <laughs> and that, at the end of the day, that's what brings you around to getting more sales. So that so that's the social media side, um, which is free. Pretty easy if you're just doing the day of the life of, because it doesn't mm-hmm. have to be polished all the time. Then Jade... You manage all of our paid accounts, um, so as in people are paying, not just us, but they're paying the big platforms like Google and Facebook and LinkedIn. 
why bother spending any money on digital marketing rather than just doing organic stuff like like Jensen? Of course, Google Ads is such a huge thing. Everybody's on Google every day, putting even a little bit of money towards some advertising can really help your business. Um, I say the same with sort of Facebook because if you're on Facebook every day, there is generally a new custom, like, well, the new brand or a new client that comes up and I'll go, oh, yeah, that's nice. I'll have a look at that. And then suddenly you're buying something from them. So it's the people who wouldn't normally find you, but because you're on that Facebook every day or you're on Google every day and you're looking for a specific product, it's just worth even looking to spend even like a pound a day so some other people in the country or in the area can see and look at your business and look at your website or they can call you for a quote on something specific and then that could come into a conversion or a lead and then that going forward hopefully comes back as another customer another time. It's basically finding the right market, finding the right floor that you want to sell and then finding the right platform. Is that the... Uh, yes, it's it's, it's obviously, you can, like, again, base it off your area or specific areas you think you'll get more business. Also, on Google, obviously, such a huge search engine, you can be putting in exactly what you're selling, what you're offering, where, and for in between so many miles. the So obviously it's distance as well, depending if you're willing to travel to a different area or not. That's up to you. But then you can obviously, the more you spend on your ads, obviously the more you are going to convert and get in leads. But even just starting out little definitely helps. I think that's what we love about the paid advertising. You can get what you want, how much you spend, where you want it and what you don't want. That's that. Yes. That's that. Yes. Yeah. That's a key element for me is you can say, well, I don't want this person. I do want this person. I don't want to work there. And I do want to own it. And that's what we're always hunting for. Jade, the most underutilized marketing tool I feel is email marketing because a lot, what well, I would say 99.9% of our clients all use email. They're not still using pigeon post. Um, but they're emailing their clients or emailing suppliers, but they don't use it as a marketing tool. How have you got for the marketing campaigns you're running uh, for our clients? What What's the point? Well, thousands and thousands of people on that email every day. Um, it's definitely one of the best sort of, I guess, like you're saying, unheard people think you don't look at emails anymore, but everybody does. And if you've had clients from five years ago who, you know, might come back for business, you've got their email, their contact. You can be saying, we have a special offer on this. We, You have recently bought this. So you can target them and an audience. Or, for example, say you have a massive sale or you have a promotion on that you could send to all of your audience So say new clients that you've got from like exhibitions and shows, then you're reaching out to a new client, but all clients. So it's just something I guess a lot of people don't think works, but it really does when I'm checking my email every morning and something pops up and it's, oh, we have this today and it's all pretty, looks nice. It links to where you want to go or you can call and get a quote. I'm instantly there. 
so why not use it? It's, I mean, that's the thing. It's, it's been memorable. I think most flooring journeys, people go for a quote, get the job done. It's memorable for about six to eight weeks, and then it's just your flooring in your house. Um, but they don't think like, but then as time goes on, people forget who you are and what you do. And so, you know, we regularly send out just emails wishing people happy Easter. Um, summer holidays is over. Um, just waving the flag saying we're still here. So yeah. again, it doesn't need to be like a life-changing email, like all the thoughts. It can just be say, hey, we're still here. Um, and I think that works really well, just being being humans. Um, Jade, give me three things that um, that would make a flooring business memorable. In your opinion, if you if you had a flowing business, what would be three things you would definitely do that would be memorable? Memorable, um, definitely advertising. I'm gonna say Google, just because Google is such obviously the biggest search engine, and again, what we've already spoke about, it's targeting the audience, how much you're willing to spend, and uh, what you're willing at that time to sell. So I guess I was going to make that point earlier is say you have such amount of stock of the wood floor and it's not selling that you then target that to try and sell more of that. Or if there is more profit in such a the LVT, for example, we can target that. And I definitely think that's a huge, huge thing because we can always update and change um, monthly, weekly on what you want specifically on Google Ads. Again, the next one I would say, obviously, website, online, online presence, such a huge thing. Websites, obviously, again, is going, you can sort of trust that company. It's They're, they're known, they're online. You can look, you can see where they are, if they've had other business or Linking to social, so like social media as well, which I think again is the next one, social media, because obviously linked on everything that'll be linked on your Google, that'll be linked on your website, and all of that will come back to your socials. And if that will say what products you have, what you've done recently, um, what you're offering, if again reviews, um, support customers where you're based and all of that sort of comes together as an all-in-one good online experience. So the, the major social proof. Um, and what would you be your personal opinion on someone that said, I don't need to advertise or market because I'm busy enough? You can always be busier and you can always be making more money and you could always expand your business. Yeah. What if someone doesn't want to do that? What if they think I'm... Busy enough, but I think you've actually not. I've, you've already actually kind of answered that. I would put my price up is what I would do. If you're busy yeah. enough, yeah. And I think by marketing to more of the right people on a commercial side, you can make more money for the same the same time that you're yes. So that's what you were saying as well about someone might just want to quickly do the same job on one type of flooring, but you could make a lot more in the different type of flooring. Um, which takes a bit more time. So obviously doing one of them or doing 10 of them, you're going to make the same amount of money, so maybe you're not going to be as busy if you're doing one big job with that's making you a lot more money. 
I love that. And that's what I suppose that's what business is there is, is to make it is to be profitable. Yes, it's good to do a good job and um and, and share your knowledge, but again that is what you're there to do. Jen, what is your three either top tips or three things from your opinion, again not being in the flow industry that you've seen that should be your um non negotiables? Use your social media. End of. I just think it's 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 sat there and it's such a big opportunity that you can use to reach a wider audience, customers. It's just it's easy as well, really. And if it's if you find it difficult, there's people there to do it for you. Um well, it's like any fast user for an L V T floor, you'd probably struggle. Oh, of course. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Another clue. But, but you would be shit once, like uh, other people have said on the podcast, but you know, I'm sure you could learn. But again, social media is just practice. That's... Everyone starts somewhere. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think another thing that I probably want to touch on is how do you think it, how are you using it at the moment? How's AI using? Because a lot of people are not jumped on the AI bandwagon. Uh, we have. How's that helped you in your day-to-day role? Um, and what, what, what's your idea? What, what is it for the uninitiated? I mean, it's helped me personally massively. Um, just with creativity as well, you can literally ask AI to do anything. If you are struggling with captions for your posts, um, emails, anything, you ask AI and it will make it for you. You can tailor it to the flooring industry as well or to a specific tone of voice, etc. But personally, it's... Yeah, it's it's crazy, but yeah, I use it mainly for inspiration now, I think. If I've got the base of what I know I want to be writing, I just use AI as a bit of inspiration for extra words or creativity, um, but it's absolutely brilliant for so everything. If learning. anyone doesn't know, um, obviously there's many different AI platforms you can use, but what you can actually do if you can't think of what to write on a post, you can write... This is a LVT Heronborn. I fitted in Sheffield, um, and it took me a week. You can then push enter and put put this, uh, make this into a link, an interesting LinkedIn post that's approximately 150 words, and then the software will write that immediately. Then from there, you can say, "Please give me 10 hashtags that will be relevant to this post," and then it'll give you 10 hashtags. Um, all done for you. Yeah, it's all done for you. <laughs> and then just to put the icing on the cake, because there's no excuse, you can then put um, this involved six fitters, and I've been doing this for 23 years, and this is my experience. Um, then you can ask you to write you a 300-word blog, which they will knock up your um, uh, SEO. So, again, if you're not using AI in your flying business now, you're missing out. You need to download... Um, you can actually do it with pictures now as well. You can ask for like yeah, can. Bo- Boris Johnson with like dog feet mm-hmm. and like, yeah. I didn't can, know that. It's, yeah. interesting. Yeah. it's interesting. You can ask for pigs flying out of aeroplanes and why? Wow. Uh, yeah. So, but the thing with AI is it's self learning. So, if it gets to know who you are in your business, it then um, can generate images that it thinks that you might like, which is even more. That's where the scary part is. Yes. <laughs> um, so, that brings us. To the end of the podcast, um, I'm going to ask two last questions. Um, Jade, give me a question to ask the next guest on the podcast. It can be as um, controversial, flooring-related. It doesn't matter. I've actually got another question as well. Best city in the northeast. 
Well, they're not. Everyone's just going to say Newcastle. Probably. Or, or Sunderland. I've sworn something. <laughs> Jen, what question would you ask the next podcast guest? If you knew you were doing flooring for the rest of your life, would you be happy? That's a good one. Flowing for the rest of your life, would you be happy? <laughs> Absolutely not. Right, I'm going to end the podcast on the worst question in the world because I thought the girls know me by now. I just throw things and put them in the deep end. Brilliant. Um, Jenny, what is holding you back? Confidence. Confidence, I think. It's growing slowly. Daft questions like that. Exactly. <laughs> But yeah, confidence has always held me back. And when I do achieve things and get further, it's because my confidence is growing. So I just know that it's always something that does that I shy away from. Biggest learning thing with me coming from being very um, introverted originally and not wanting to do podcasts, not things like that. Confidence is not something bought um, or it is actually a skill. So again, like to if you wanted to be an LBT fitter, which is a skill, and that's what confidence is, it's practice and doing shit you don't like. Mm -hmm. The more you do shit you don't like, the more the confidence will grow in that area. Yeah. Absolutely. So that would be my biggest bit of advice to you to build confidence is just continue doing shit that you find challenging mm -hmm. and it become easier, builds a confidence, then you move on and just keep moving. The, keep moving that hurdle higher and higher. Um, and then, but just keep throwing yourself under the bus. But by working for me and Sarah, unfortunately, you will be thrown under the bus regularly. Yes, so that's good advice. <laughs> so you're in the right place. Bust, bust. That's good advice. <laughs> good advice. Jade, what is holding you back? I guess similar a confidence, but believing in my skills. So recently, obviously, just done a design for a company for their website, and I'm picking that in looking at it with Tom and going, well, what about that or what about that? It's You could do 10 other versions, but they could just like the first one you've done. So it's just believing in best, like you've done your best in the first go. I mean, obviously you can tweak and edit, but it's, yeah, it's believing in my own skills that I can do it. Love it, love it. Right, we're going to end the podcast there. So if you've got a social media or website problem or or not even that, you just want to chat about it, um, I'm sure Jade and Jenny or, or any of the team at Truth Digital will be more than happy to help. Um, thank you, girls, for coming on the podcast. At least now people know who you are. Thank you very much. Yes, thank, thank you. Thanks. Thank you. Don't forget... If you want more information about Roomvo, visit their website, getroomvo.com. That's get.roomvo.com. If you'd like to find out more information about what we do, you can visit our website at cockerellandco.co.uk. That's cockerellandco.co.uk. We also have an Instagram account, which is Cockerell and Co. And also we are on Facebook. Once again, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and we look forward to seeing you here again soon.